Beautiful. Good morning. Welcome to Presbyterian Church of the Covenant. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. 2020. That's kind of fun. I didn't, yeah, that's crazy that it's 2020. I have a couple of announcements. One is that the flower dedication chart is up in the narthex. If you want to donate flowers in, in someone's honor, just sign your name up on a Sunday and people will figure out what's happening. We need some food on the, in the food pantry. Um, this place is a hub and we need, we need to do our part of giving those that are the least and the lost physical sustenance. You know, there's an international justice mission. I don't know if you've heard them. Uh, it's a bunch of lawyers fighting against human trafficking. And they've found that you need to hold back the hands of injustice before you tell anybody about how much Jesus loves them. And that's the same with those in need of food and shelter. They need to know how much we care before they care how much we know right? Sorry, that's kind of a serious note. Okay. Um, I'm missing a teammate. We're missing a teammate, Amy. She's uh, with her dad. Her dad's at Hogue. And uh, so Sharon's going to be filling in for Amy as well. But make sure we're in her corner. In fact, let's pause and pray for her right now. God, I just thank you for Amy and her gifts, her talents, her many talents. And I praise you uh, for putting her at this local outpost to serve with Sharon and I. And we pray that you would meet her and minister through her and to her as she pours your love all over Dad. And all God's people said, Um, Tuesday, this Tuesday, we're taking the Christmas stuff down. I know you guys probably want to leave right now with me mentioning that. (laughs) There's a good joke. It says, uh, taking down Christmas decorations always ruins a good Easter Sunday. (laughs) But we're doing it before Easter. So we're doing it here, right here. And then um, Saturday, there's an 11 a.m. memorial service for Joan Clamp. We're, We're... praising God for her life and ministry. And then next Sunday, we're ordaining and installing our new deacons and elders. That's enough of my voice. Everybody stand up and greet one another in the name of the Lord. All right, All right. That's, that's enough fun for the morning. Just kidding. If everybody could, could remain standing and face this direction for the call to worship. It says in Psalm 33, Rejoice in the Lord, O you righteous. Praise befits the upright. Praise the Lord with the lyre. Make melody to him with the harp of ten strings. Sing to him a new song. Play skillfully on the strings. That's Cornell and Micah and Danny's part. And you guys do amazing right there, playing skillfully. But here's our part. With loud shouts. <laughs> loud shouts. Amen. 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 
Oh, Cornell's beating us to the punch. Let's worship the Lord with some loud shouts. Let's mix it up here. 2020. Boom. Please be seated and send the children up. How is everyone today? Good, good. I'll set this massive thing. Um, well, I'm going to hold on to it. What is this? A lightsaber. Yay! Has anyone seen the new movie? Yeah, show of hands. Yes, I just went and saw it last night. And um, no spoilers, no spoilers. Um, but there was a little lightsaber training outside of the theater, and Rob tried it out. Um, and so I had to theme today's message with Star Wars, um, just because I thought it would be fun. Um, so this is a lightsaber, and Obi-Wan would say that this is a, um, a weapon, an elegant weapon. Um, but it, it goes on further than that. He describes it as an elegant weapon, and in the hands of a master, it's hard to argue with his assessment. A lightsaber can cut through metal, deflect blaster shots, and even bring light to dark places. When armed with one of these, a Jedi is a formidable foe, and without it, they're in deep trouble. So like the lightsaber, scripture is often portrayed as being a weapon. In Ephesians 6, believers are called to take up the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of, the God, of God, and in order to do battle with the enemy, while a lightsaber may be a hallmark of a true Jedi knight, 
The Bible is the tool of a true Christian. When we keep it close, we can be forced for good, but without it, we are useless. So from the text that they, they quote here, Ephesians 6, verse 10, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. And here's where our lightsaber comes in. We take the helmet of salvation and the sword, our lightsaber, of the spirit, which is the word of the God, of God. I don't know why I keep saying the God, of God. So we've talked about the armor of God, and we have our lightsaber, our Bibles, and that's what's going to protect us. So next time you guys watch Star Wars and you see a lightsaber, remember that God is with us. So we'll go ahead and close in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for bringing us here today. And thank you for these children, Father. We're so blessed to have them here at PCC. Be with us now as we go into class. And we pray this all in your precious name. Amen. Justified freely for them. 
The grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all and teaching us to renounce what is evil in the world. Trusting in God's grace, let us now confess our sins together. Gracious God, our sins are too heavy to carry, too real to hide, too deep to undo. Forgive what our lips tremble to name, what our hearts can no longer bear, and what has become for us a consuming fire of judgment. Set us free from a past that we cannot change. Open to us a future in which we can be changed, and grant us grace to grow more and more in your likeness and image. Through Jesus Christ, the light of the world. Amen. Hear the promise of the Lord. See, your salvation has come. You are a holy people, redeemed by God, sought out and not forsaken. In the name of Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. Amen. Glory be to the Father and to the 
completed. Kicking off 2020, we're gonna we're gonna start by studying the Gospel of John for a couple weeks and the first chapter of the Gospel of John. Before we get there, I want to tell you a little bit about the Gospel of John. When John wrote it, he was l- later in years. He was an old man. He's really wise. And um, another key thing you need to know about him when he's writing this. He was Jesus' best friend. Jesus had two best friends, Peter and John. I'll be honest with you. I just preached a memorial service, and I'm having trouble delineating my messages. So you might be here for three hours. (laughs) I'm just kidding. 
I'll try and get past that. But reading that and thinking about that, I was thinking about when I was gathered with the Farless family last Sunday after church, and the family was just laughing and enjoying memories of Kathy. And Jeff, uh, Jeff, you know, this guy's a riot. I don't know if you know that guy, but he's really funny. And he says, I don't want to point fingers, but uh, I was mom's favorite. <laughs> and I, was, I get that picture as John is writing this gospel. Because there's a couple times he says, the beloved disciple got there first. You remember like when he shows up to the, the empty tomb? He kind of slips in there. Oh, Jesus loved me the most. And I was there before everybody else. I was way faster and way better. Uh, but another thing you need to know is the other three Gospels, they're called the synoptics. Matthew, Mark, and Luke. They're called the synoptics. And John is utterly and totally different. What's in John isn't in the synoptics. There's some overlap because it's still about the same God emptying himself into man, Jesus. But John writes this after the synoptics have been written, and he wants to, to everybody to know how excellent Jesus was as a man and as God wrapped in flesh. Let's read. John 1, starting in verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him. And without him, not one thing came into being. Not one thing came into being. What has come into being in him was life. And the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify to the light so that all might believe through him. He himself was not the light, but he came to testify to the light, the true light, which enlightens everyone was coming into the world. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Those first five verses. Another thing is John was a Hebrew. He was a Jewish man. And those first five verses, if you grew up around a Jewish person, you know the word midrash. Midrash is an is an explanation or a defining of Scripture. They would write these commentaries, you know, like they were things to be read to understand the Bible. And his, you can obviously see that John is 
is starting off with a, like a midrash, an exposition of the first five verses of the Bible. And he's, he's painting a different picture. He starts with the second Genesis. Basically, he's saying Jesus was the second Genesis. And listen to the first few words of the Bible. And if you have a Bible, open them up to John, uh, Genesis chapter 1. In the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, the earth was formless, void, and darkness covered the face of the deep. While a wind from God... Why is that feedback? Is anybody... Philip, you're, you're amazing. The only time we ever notice Philip is when something's wrong. Everybody say, thank you, Philip. One, two, three. He's amazing right there. That guy is awesome. In comes, there's a formless and void. In comes the Holy Spirit, the wind, the ruach, coming over the earth. And then I lost my sermon. (laughs) And then what are the first words of God? Let there be light. There's an exclamation point on there. It's a booming voice of God of the universe. Let there be light. Jesus' best friend, John, is saying, the guy I hung out with for three years, I watched him, I watched him die and lay down his life for everybody and then rise again. That guy was there. That guy was there. He was there. He was part of the beginning of our story, our human story. When God says, there's darkness all around here, and he says, let there be light, the words, let there be light, are the word, Jesus. And the darkness did not overcome He made chaos into order. And in the second Genesis, he's going to make broken and wounded and lost people found. Because there's about to be a second Exodus later on in the book. The other Gospels, they start off with a really good hook story about how the narrative, they, John dives in and he does deep theology. Really good theology. He says, notice he hasn't named Jesus yet. In these first nine verses, we don't know Jesus is the light. I think that's one good storytelling, right? He's like, you got you to gotta read a little further to understand what the heck I'm talking about. Who, what's, what's the last movie you were in where they start in the middle of something and you're like, what is going on? Right? I'm the only one. Okay, I'll forget that story. <laughs> but John just dives straight in. And he's talking about Jesus, but he hasn't named him. So one is to tell a good story. The other is, I think, our first of applications. The story's God's. 
The story is all about Jesus. We don't necessarily have to be weird people (laughs) that talk about weird things all the time. We need to live in light. I'm jumping ahead. Like I said, you're in for a troubled sermon because I'm still trying to mold these things apart. Is everybody awake still? Okay, good. Let's see what I... Oh, way off the notes. Okay. (laughs) The Midrash, I got that. Let there be light, got that. Looking forward. See, he looks back, and then he also looks forward. He starts with some some theology. And then in verses 4b through 5, he says... I'm in Genesis. In him was life, and the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. Everybody who knows me knows my dad's an uber nerd. Have you met that guy? He's really smart. He got his PhD from Mizzou in nuclear engineering, and he did his postdoc work at Harvard and MIT. And so he's a brilliant man. If you ever want to be really captivated, ask him to talk about light. That's the most interesting I've ever found my father. (laughs) That's a confession, and that's that's a high praise. There's so many beautiful things about light. All the colors are in light. They still don't know what it is. They just see it affect. Have you ever watched 2001? The monolith? That he'll, he, my dad, he'll start his sermon on light about describing about how beautiful light is and how it's all, and he'll start talking some scientific ease, and then he'll end with 2001, and he'll talk about how that is really Kubrick's genesis and saying that light, the monolith, is actually the creator. He mixes it up. It, if you only had these first five verses, you could get to 2001, Kubrick's movie. But if you keep reading, you find out this light has a name. And his name is Jesus. Amen? Notice another thing. Darkness isn't the opposite of light. It's the absence of it. We as followers of God don't need to see other human beings that are walking around in darkness as a po- opposition. You follow? They're not the enemy, Satan's enemy, right? Our fellow human beings that are walking in darkness aren't opposing us. They just they don't have the light. Anybody been watching entertainment news lately? What's going on with Kanye West? Does anybody know what is going on with Kanye West? Kanye West came to the Lord. If you want to look it up online and if you want to have tears brought to your eyes, look up James Corbin and you know he he does he drives around and people sing in his cab 
you know, with Justin Timberlake and all that stuff. So, some of the people are nodding, and it's not the ones I expected. That's a good job. <laughs> right? That's awesome. That's encouraging. Anyway, Kanye one-ups everybody, and he takes them on his plane. And he takes them on his plane with his new gospel choir. And he basically preaches the gospel on national television. And James Corbin ends the interview, and he says, okay, let's say everybody that's been following you they've seen you say this crazy stuff. We've seen you drunk on, on stage at MTV Movie Awards. We don't buy it. What do you say to them? Kanye says, would you agree with me that when I'm asleep, I'm in a different state than when I'm awake? And James says, yeah. And he says, before Jesus came into my life, I was asleep. This is the awakening. It gives me goosebumps right now. It's like Dylan when he came to the Lord. If Tim McCallum was here, we would both be dancing. Because <laughs> Tim McCallum, he was the former pastor, loved Bob Dylan. Does anybody know that? Okay, good. <laughs> we, I almost throw Dylan in every sermon that he's invited to, just to show him up a little, you know. But that's just a little confession. I think that's John's invitation to live in the here and the now. The light went into the world, and the world, the darkness did not overcome it. I think we as followers of Christ have been playing it a little too safe. We don't know who or whose we are. There's a truth all throughout this Gospel of John that once you know the light, you can't unknow the light. Once you're in Christ, you can't be not in Christ. I was talking to Randy right before this. He was just at some concert. I think more of us should have been at concerts last night. More of us should be mingling and enjoying what this world has to offer and being lights in these darkened corners. And then John, the gospel writer, one commentator said this, has a rude interruption. <laughs> I, I think that's funny. Does anybody awake still? Okay, rude, rude interruption. He goes and he just, out of nowhere, he names John before he names Jesus. But like a good storyteller, he's telling Jesus is this light and bringing in this second Genesis. And he's backing it up a little bit, and he's saying, okay, before I tell you a little more, whet your appetite a little bit. There was this John the Baptist guy, and he's all of this Old Testament stuff summed up into a person. He wasn't the light, but he's there to say, hey, here's the light. There's a whole other sermon in there about how we're called to be John the Baptist. We continually, a lot of people tell me, I, I just don't feel equipped to bring people to Jesus. I have some good news for you. You don't bring anybody to Jesus. God brings people to Jesus. 
All you have to do is testify. Notice, testify, it's a lawyer term. You got anybody in a, in a, a lawyers? Do we have any lawyers? I know we have a bunch of teachers. You're a lawyer? Oh, right on. I just met Sarah as a lawyer. Okay, I'll have to watch out what I say next time. <laughs> but what's, what's the role of the person that does the testimony? Nothing. You know, they just stand up and they answer questions, and then they go back down. Right? All you have to do is just say, I saw, and that's what John, the gospel writer, said. I, I saw Jesus feed 5,000 people. Boom, I'm done for the day. I've testified. Where am I going to end this thing? No idea. Hold on. He mentions that there's going to be some false lights. And then he goes on, and you have to show up next week because we're going to keep reading about I can't wait to find out when he mentions Jesus' name. Are you on the edge of your seat? I am too. I think I, what do we apply out of this? How does this make any difference to anybody in 2020? You're probably tired of hearing me say this, but worship is the number one thing. We worship the true and living God. We worship the light that came into this world and the darkness had nothing on it. Another thing, we look back. There's about to be a misprint. Sam, have you put out the covenant call yet? Oh, he went, he went to go breakdancing. Okay. There's a misprint because I, I'm a failure sometimes. Have you met me? Sometimes I make mistakes. Notice the last six or seven communion services. Okay, for exhibit A. Um, March, I was hanging out with Lynn Stone. She's the pastor of Yorba Linda Presbyterian Church. She said, I thought I heard her say, you, uh, I read the Christmas carol every year to my children in the Old English. Christmas Carol, Dickens, anybody? Got it. Okay, good. So this Advent, I read the Christmas Carol. And I'll go back, and this is the point I'm going to end the sermon on. But before I go back, I want to just reiterate the fact that I'm a failure. Uh, (laughs) I emailed Lynn a copy of this article, because I wrote an article about it, and it's coming out in the Covenant Call. And we probably won't correct it, just to see what happens. Uh, but I emailed Lynn this, and I said, thanks, because I read A Christmas Carol, and I wrote this whole article about it. And she said, Jason, you must have misheard me. And it's flattering, but I do not read A Christmas Carol to my kids. I watch A Christmas Carol, the Muppet version. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> That's not theologically deep at all. <laughs> But the point of the article and the point of this, this final application point of my sermon, and I think it's the point that John is kicking his gospel of John with, is 
when Scrooge, Ebenezer Scrooge, wakes up after that third and final visit, it says in the original, the, the, the old King James English, Ebenezer Scrooge repeatedly says, I want to live in the past, I want to live in the, in the present, and I want to live in the future. And he just wants to, he repeats that over and over. And I think the gospel writer of John is kicking off his gospel, and he's got those three intermingled. And listen to his purpose in which he wrote the book. He says this. At the end of his book, he says this. This is, what, this is why I wrote the book. Now Jesus did many other signs. This is John chapter 20, verses 30 and 31. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Messiah He's the Savior. He's the Savior for the here and now. We just sang about that. When we go through those lows, you are our only hope. Amen. So that you'll know he, Jesus is my Messiah. He's the Son of God. He's not just some average Joe. He was there at the beginning. When God said, let there be light, those words were actually the person of Jesus the Christ. He's the Alpha and the Omega, the bookends of all of time that, as we know it. And that by following him, we will have true life. I quote Prince, the great theologian. Life. It's an electric word. It means forever, and that's a mighty long time. This world is walking around in darkness. We get zapped by the light, by the lightsaber that Carrie was talking about. We go into the dark places, and everybody else is asleep. Go and do it. Let's pray. God, I just lift up us. I pray that we would remember as we walk into this 2020, you've never let us down. You've never let us down. You always do what you say you're going to do. Lord, I pray that you would make us an alive people, a light, awake people amongst asleep people. Not opposed to the asleep people, but excited to introduce others to whom has made us awake. And Lord, we look forward to your return. Oh, Kathy and I and everybody in this room will be dancing on streets of gold. The sun will never set no more and you'll wipe every tear from our eyes. We pray all this in, in your precious Son, the light's name, Jesus the Christ. And all God's people said, Amen. Now we're going to move straight into the offering. And part of that electric life and being alive is pooling our money together, seeing God multiply it 
and impact this world for big changes. This, this morning's tithes and offerings are now received. was born in Bethlehem. He was wrapped in bands of cloth and laid in a manger. And he will be our shepherd, leading his flock and feeding his flock from the strength of God. We come here today to be fed. This is the joyful feast of the Lord. Christ, our Lord, invites all who love him. Come to the table 
and be fed. You don't need to be a member of this church. You don't need to be Presbyterian. You just need to have given your life to our Lord Jesus Christ to come to the table. Pray with me. You are holy, O God of majesty, and blessed is Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord. Born in humility, he came to rule over all. Helpless as an infant, he showed the power of your love. Poor in the things of the world, he brought the wealth of your grace. Rejected by many, he welcomed all who sought him. In his dying and rising, you gave birth to the church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. Remembering your gracious acts in Jesus Christ, we take from your creation this bread and this wine and joyfully celebrate his dying and rising as we await the day of his coming. With thanksgiving, we offer our very selves to you to be a living and holy sacrifice dedicated to your service. As this bread is Christ's body for us, send us out to be the body of Christ in the world, even as Christ was Emmanuel, God with us. Give us courage to speak his truth, to seek his justice, and to love with his love. Keep us faithful in your service until Christ comes in final victory, and we shall feast with all your saints in the joy of your holy realm. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, we worship you, O God. Amen. We give thanks that on the night he was betrayed, our Lord took bread. And after giving thanks, he broke it. And he said, this is my body, broken for you. Take, eat, and do so in remembrance of me. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry. One of my favorite Christian uh, theologians uh, and writers is a guy named Eugene Peterson. He passed away a couple years ago, and his son stood up um, to, to speak at his eulogy. And he said, Dad, I figured out your secret. I actually, I figured out your secret in, in my 20s. But I, I'm glad, um, I'm glad you, you, you had the same sermon. You just delivered different messages. <laughs> over the 40 or 50 years you were a pastor. And your one message was, God made you. He loves you. He's coming after you. And he's relentless. This table says the same thing. And as John launched his gospel, he, want, he wants to remind us, as we, as we celebrate around this table, that right here we're being reminded that we worship a risen Lord, Jesus the Christ, 
He was there when we were made. He absolutely loves you and would not, he goes to, he doesn't have any limits. He lays down his life. He's coming after you and he's relentless. I don't see any smiles. Is that a good or a bad thing? I don't know. It's, okay, good. I just, I, this table is many things. It's where we come forward and we drop our sins. And we walk out clean and new creation. It's also give thanks. It's also a party. It's also a foreshadowing of when we all are around that table, like Sharon was praying, and Jesus is at the head of it. In the same way, he lifted up the cup. And he said, this used to be that blood over the doorpost, and this used to be a Passover meal. This is a new covenant. This is now a symbol, a sign and a seal of my blood. My blood poured out for the forgiveness of your sins. Paul later adds in his letter to the Corinthian people, he says, as often as we, Presbyterian Church of the Covenant, as often as we gather around this table, we eat this bread and we, we, we drink from this cup, we say we were made by God. He absolutely adores us. He's coming after us. And he's relentless. Oh, and we're all going to take the cup together. So as you receive your cup, please hold on to it until we all partake together.
Christ's blood shed for the forgiveness of our sins. Take, drink all of it. Please join me in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, precious Lord Jesus, powerful spirit. Thank you for redeeming us. Thank you for saving us from our, sin, our sins and from ourselves. I pray that as we leave this place, we find the dark corner that you have called us to and you brightly shine through us. And all God's people said, Amen. Please stand up for this morning's benediction. And remember, right after this, we're going to cruise and we have a potluck. There's food. But for now, may God's face shine upon you. May the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit guard and keep you. And may the peace of Christ, which transcends all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds today, tomorrow, and forevermore. May it be so. Amen. to live.